Blog Talk Radio. Oh, my friends, thank you, thank you for joining us here on Off the Shelf this morning. It's April the 6th. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, next weekend I have to get my taxes done. I was going to get them done this weekend, but waiting on some 1099s. But um, it is already April. Oh, my goodness, this year is like the first quarter of the year is gone. Time is really, really racing by. I want to welcome all of you to Blog Talk Radio's Off the Shelf for, again, this Saturday, April the 6th. I just love, love, love being here with you guys. And as the numbers of listeners we have just continues to climb and how many people listen to this show, uh, my goodness, uh, every month is just phenomenal and I'm so grateful to have all of you here with us. But for those who are tuning in for the first time, you just turning the internet down, maybe you click clicking in via Skype or some kind of way you're tuning in on your mobile device and you stop by off the shelf. I want to introduce myself to you as you wonder who is this lady talking? I am your host, Denise Turney, and as I always say, I'm coming to you live from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia Pennsylvania, and I thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. You have no idea how much I appreciate you, and I encourage you not to let another day pass for you pick up a copy of the Dazzling New Book, Love Pour Over Me. This is my latest, latest novel, and when you purchase Love Pour Over Me, you're going to get mystery and romance and uh, friendship, high chase scenes, and, and a a romantic relationship that I think is going to stick with you for a long, long time. You're really going to get to see love in that way at work. And you can get Love Pour Over Me today at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Google Books, eBook at Walmart, etc. In the libraries, bookstores, if you don't see it on your bookstore shelf, just ask the clerk for it. They can easily order a copy for you because it's carried by the largest book distributors in the world. So I hope you'll get a copy of Love Pour Over Me. Ebook is only $3. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest, our special guest today. And she's our second guest I was telling her before the show launched, who's not feeling so well. So I want to extend her an extreme word of appreciation. She could have backed out, but she didn't. She, 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 you, you might hear it a little bit in her voice. She's feeling a little under the weather. Didn't even go to work yesterday, but she dialed in today. And we appreciate her, and I want you all to show her your appreciation. Our special guest today is Renee Wiggins, and Renee is a life coach. She's a registered dietitian, a certified personal trainer, life skills coach, entrepreneur, and writer. Wow. And she's also the author of the book, Being Fabulously Fit for God's Kingdom. She's also the founder. She just doesn't have enough to do. She's also the founder of Results by Renee. It's a medical lifestyle spa with a mission of helping women achieve healthier, more balanced lives. And this phenomenal woman is online at ReneeWiggins.org, and that's spelled R-E-N-E-E-W-I-G-G-I-N-S.org. And again, that's R-E-N-E-E-W-I-G-G-I-N-S.org. We are absolutely delighted to have her with us here this morning on Off the Shelf Radio. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Renee. Thank you, thank you for having me. And I want to apologize to your listeners again for my voice, but I couldn't miss it. And yes, I appreciate you still having me on. And I guess for the listeners, going to say, well, how is she going to talk about health and fitness if she has cold? <laughs> well, I'm a prime example. When you're burning the candle at both ends, you got to get that sleep. You got to get that mm-hmm. sleep, people. But I'm going to enjoy being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, what a blessing. And she's coming to us out of Silver Springs, Maryland. For any listeners from Maryland who really, really want to say, wow, I'll go Renee. She's one coming from a, the same area that you're from. Uh, I want to start by asking you, for our listeners, in case they don't know, and I don't know exactly myself, a little bit I do, but what does a registered dietitian do? Uh, a registered dietitian helps clients who have different chronic diseases to help promote better health. 
If you're involved with weight management, we help you to lose weight or either maintain weight. We also help you to balance your meals as well with exercise. If you have diabetes, the idea is for me to help lower your blood sugar levels so you can live a healthier lifestyle and live longer without complications. You don't die from diabetes. You die from the complications. If you have high blood pressure, then I'll tell you what things that are high in salt so you can at least decrease, not totally eliminate, but decrease the high salt foods out of your diet. If you have high blood cholesterol level, it is the same thing. We're looking at foods that are high in cholesterol that you need to avoid or limit the amount so you can live longer. So that's what a registered dietitian do. We're 70,000 dietitians throughout the United States, and we all specialize either in sports, pediatrics, kidney failure, um, as well as weight management, diabetes control, the whole gamut from A through Z. Wow. Now, you do a lot of studying uh, uh, how long does it take to become a registered dietitian. And then next, I want to ask you, we had a, I also had a guest on and at my blog, uh, Write Money, Inc., about um, she was, uh, what is it, not glucose, it's gluten-free. Oh, gluten-free. She, she, she didn't, yeah, gluten-free. She didn't know uh, that she had that, and she said she was getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And her and her husband, they were going to all these doctors to find out what happened, find out she was the gluten in food, like certain wheat foods and things like that, really were not good for her. She had to do all that research on her own, and I asked her, which I also want to ask you, mm-hmm. you think about, I said, years ago, we were living longer because of technology and medical treatments and medicines and stuff. I don't know if we're living longer because we're actually living healthier, but uh, uh, I wonder, when you look at our food in our stores and you hear about, you know, maybe some meat being sold as horse meat. A lot of our foods come from maybe different countries, different ingredients that come to make one food item. Right. These these stores and play not so much stores, but the farms and places where our food is actually created. I don't think they're really inspected like ever, and so we don't really know how clean they are, how safe they are. We don't really know what is in what we're eating. We really don't know, and so. A lot of the food that we eat, we might even think is good for us. It might not be as good as we think. How come people don't challenge the food industry more when it comes to health? How come they're not being challenged more and held to task? It's because they have so much money and it's being this powerful. It's like the individual person is challenged, and we should be. But what about the people who put the food on the shelf? It's multifactual uh, answers to that question. Uh, first, I'm going to answer the one about how to become a registered dietitian. To become a registered dietitian, you have to go to four years of undergraduate program. And then we used to go what we call a CUP program, where you go to another school for two more years, and you go through all the life sciences and take wow. all the chemistries as well as the biochemistries. And then also give a year of internship. But now become more and more difficult. They want you to come out with a master's, whereas before you can come out with a bachelor's. Wow. Science. And you might have to go four years plus another three, maybe even longer, to become a registered dietitian. We used to be just working in a hospital, but now we have changed it so we become more specialized. Like I mentioned before, renal dietitian working with kidneys, working with pediatrics. We also have dietitians that work with people who want to become vegetarians, sports medicine. So we have become more specialized. And becoming we've become more specialized, the education has become more specialized as well. We're demanding more. We're trying to add more recognition as opposed to the doctors that just take a one quarter of a course. And we have taken years and years of courses. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it's, it takes a long time now to become a registered dietitian. And you have to be up on what's going on. Because everything changes every six to eight months, if you're aware of that. You know, before it was okay to have this low-calorie sweetness. Now they're telling you not is okay. Now they're going back to yes is okay. So you have to really know your body. We're not taught in our schools about our bodies. And you have to become more formed. Pay attention. Write down when you have surgeries. Write down when you have any illness. Make sure you know everything about your body. So let's get to the idea of food. I'm also starting to be a master gardener and is teaching people how to grow vegetables in their, old, their garden because years ago my parents and their parents grew vegetables. Yes, if you yep. lived down south, you yes. had land. You weren't living in yes. a farm. You grew vegetables. 
I had an aunt that lived in Harlem, even though her terrace was like five by five or even smaller, she grew her own tomatoes and green peppers. But what happened is because of politics or shortness of staff, they do expect, but they don't expect every day or every other day or maybe once a month. So inspection has decreased because of the amount of, you say, food that is being grown. It used to be just compiled to the United States, but now we're getting our food from other countries Mm -hmm. where they don't have a USDA or United States Department of Agriculture or the Food Drug Association Administration. They don't have that. So by the time they get to us, either that food through processing or through grown and they get to us, they might have some insects or parasites mm-hmm. on them, which we are allowed to have now. You're allowed to have, but you, it's also how many of those insects and parasites that you're allowed to have. So let's look at something that's grown in the United States. It's grown on the farm. If you live on the East Coast, then the farmer will have people to pick it, they throw it in some dirty bins, and then it's put into a truck. Well, you have to figure all that long time, is they got to pick it, just the right time, maybe even not ripe, because by the time they get to you, they don't want it to be overripe and then it'd be too mushy and you lose your nutrients. So that's another factor we have to look at. If we're looking at something that's coming from the United States, again, it's got to be what inspected when it gets there and it's going to be inspected. Sometimes you hold these fruits in containers on the warehouses. People want to hurry and get them to the store because they're losing money. Mm-hmm. So, again, the idea, okay, they get it to your house. Well, banana, you got that skin. You can peel that skin. But an apple, you're going to have to really wash it. Sometimes they put wax on it, but you really got to wash it under hot water. Mm. So it's up to the consumer to wash their vegetables and to consume it within a certain amount of time. Ah, uh, you you just gave an education today. <laughs> it's a lot involved. It's not just one answer because you got to look at the farmer. You got to look at the manufacturer. You got to look at the distributor, the truck drivers who bring it over here, yeah. and you got to look at us. And a lot of these foods are allowed some insects and parasites, and we just don't want to have to consume too much. You look at the scale a couple of years ago when you had E. coli on. Um, spinach and, uh, you know, some of the leafy vegetables. Mm-hmm. Well, it's naturally on there because some of the compost piles did have some feces in it. But Ooh. we just don't want, even mushrooms, you just don't want a lot of it. So taking a you making me plant, look at <laughs> Right, you don't want to look at You got to wash, like when you buy your kale. You buy fresh kale and collard greens, you really got to wash all the dirt off. Really, that's yeah. <laughs> wow. Sorry about yeah, that. now that... That I was taught by my grandmother. Even if you, like, grow it in the garden or anywhere from the store, right. you've got to wash it. She said, even when you think it's clean, wash it again. You've, right. got, you've got to wash it. But when you grow your own, and my grandmother grew on, I was listening to you talking about people used to grow their own food. Even she will wash her own a lot. But right. you, but when it's grown at the, at the store, like you said, you... If you grow your own, you're just trying to feed yourself and your own family. But if, you, if you're if trying to feed millions or hundreds of thousands of people as a farmer right. or whatever, you, now you got the pesticides. You got, you're trying to really get this food out fast and in volume. There are going to be some things that are not going to go right because there's so much volume Correct. in what you're doing. So I, I, but it's just some of the stuff you hear that's in our food that you I, I listen, like the horse meat is one. There was something else that went on years ago. I forget what it was that they were putting stuff in the food, but they weren't telling people. It's almost like they, you know then that they, they know what they're doing. Why doesn't the governments come down more on these big these huge companies. I remember when Oprah took on the beef. I mean, they wanted to give her a black eye. Right, she, right. She stood up. Right. It's that, it's that kind of stuff. These are powerful organizations. Is also what is going into our food. They know that what they're putting in it, and they just don't tell you. Nobody's coming after those organizations, and I think they must be very, very powerful. Where people back off of them. Well, again, it's dealing with, imagine you're a farmer uh, with cows, and, of course, the way they, I guess you would say, take them to the slaughterhouse, you're going up that little plank, and they, the way they're killing you, and then they got the way they preserve the meat. Again, you allow some, I call, insects or pesticides, but the bottom line is not enough people to inspect, or mm. here's the money, overlook it. Yeah. 
I think and it's, I think we it's as that one. We have to question. We have to come down, like you said, on harder. We might have to protest to say we want better inspection because they inspect the dog and cat food better than they inspect our food. Mm. So we have to say this is what's involved because especially when a lot of fruits and vegetables now are coming across you know, other countries, they're not inspected as well. They do have to be housed, and then you got all this food rotten. They got inspected very quickly, and sometimes it's overlooked. There's so much involved. Now they have what they call the hybrid fruits and vegetables when they're combining two or more together to make them more functional. In other words, to help reduce a chronic illness, they're combining certain fruits and vegetables together. So they're making a functional food. We've got to be aware of that cross-hibernation. We've got to be aware of contamination, the process of it as well. You got to make sure those vats and everything inside is clean. But you know, some manufacturers are running what seven days a week, maybe six days a week. When do they really have time to clean the vats and clean the floors and make sure the employees don't come in sick? And yeah. you got to realize that we as consumers have to be, as you say, stronger. Get together and say, hey. We demand better inspections. That means you have to hire, but you know that's part of federal government, and you know now they have like a freeze in a furlough. Mm. And who's going to go? They will probably go. Yeah. Inspectors. And so as a master gardener, I like to go out and teach women groups and churches that you can grow your own vegetables. But like you said, is what you put on it, the fertilizer. Now, you can fertilize from the store, or you can make your own compost of egg whites, eggshells, and coffee grinds, and leftover vegetables, not the heavy fats, and make your own compost pile. But the bottom mm. line is you got to stir it every day. you got to make sure you – there are going to be some insects, but they're not going to be a lot. But, again, it's the idea of knowing how to choose your foods, how to wash the foods, and make sure that you get meat up to at least 165 degrees internally, the temperature up, so you can kill some of that bacteria and right. store it properly. You don't want to hold food in your refrigerator no more than two days, no more than two days. Get mm. rid of it. Even if it's in the freezer, which is okay, but you got to realize some of these things last three months, four months, six months before they get that freezer burned. Get rid yeah. of it. We have wow. to realize just buy enough food for three or four days and then go back and buy some more. But because we buy things in bulk, because we're trying to save money, if you want, you know, a whole bunch of carrots one day, but maybe two or three days later, you're not eating those carrots. They become wilt in your refrigerator. So you are wasting Yeah. Money. Yeah, no, that's true. You, you know what? You, that's so true. I want to ask you next. Have you always worked in the in, in this, in this the um, dietitian field? Have you Has this always been your career field? Since uh, 1983, I, I was becoming a medical technologist. I was sitting in the cafeteria, and one of my coworkers, she was writing down all the calories. And I asked her, what are you doing? She said, I'm writing down calories. I said, calories, what's that? And then she told me what a dietitian was. So I came across a book in my mother's house, a library somewhere, and it's a new, uh, Reader's Digest. I'm telling my age to everybody. But the Reader's Digest had a quiz in it, Know Your Nutrition. I flunked that. I flunked that test. <laughs> so I went back to a community school. I went in with zero knowledge, and I came out. I was overblown how food plays an important part in our well-being, the carbohydrates, mm. proteins, and fats, how it helps your body. If you take in too much of certain these things, of course, then you become overweight. But I didn't realize that carbohydrates and proteins and fat plays a major role in maintaining our body structure, maintaining our health, I was just blown away. Yeah, even That's the brain. I got involved in it. Yeah, even how food impacts the brain. It 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 just your your level of energy. We know it's more than food too. Like you said, rest and keeping your stress low. It's a lot of mind stuff as well. It, right. it all works together. It all of it works together. So it's not like you can be really strong mind, spirit, and then just mass up your body. It it all works together. So. If one part is weak, it's going to show someplace else as well. So every part of it has to be strong. But um, what what role do you think processed food, uh, and then I want to get to exercise in your book, but what role do you think processed food, when you talk about you helping people to grow their food uh, at, at the garden how years ago people grew their own food, when you think of processed food, I always think that they put a lot of salt in it. But what what role do you think that plays in America's current weight issues? 
Ooh, that's a good question. Well, you know, with processed food or convenient foods, we want to call it, started back during the war when they were taking women out of the home and getting into the factories. So you had a lot of frozen fruits or canned goods or packaged foods. All foods fit. It's just how much you consume. So there it might be for a mother who's working, got to go pick up those kids, take them here and there, and then get home. She might not have time to cook. So then you got to pull out what we call, the, like you say, the processed foods. We just don't want the consumer to have three-fourths of their diet coming from consumer foods, okay. um, processed foods. So what my parents did, and I'm giving you an example, I was thinking about My mother only cooked on the weekends because she was more mm-hmm. available. And both parents worked. But during the weekdays, my father cooked. Now, a lot of, people, ah. a lot of your listeners will probably, well, I'm a single parent. I don't. It's all on me. Well, that's on the weekends when she would take the collard greens and the kale and mustard greens and blanch them and put them in the freezer in small little bags and cut up the meat or make the hamburger patties so she can take those out during the week and prepare them as opposed mm-hmm. to stopping off these what are called fast food restaurants that's high in salt, high in fat, yeah. and high in sugar. And then they got the cute little music box in front so the kids can't help but, Mommy, stop here, <laughs> Mommy, stop here. In other words, I call it drive-by eating. And that drive-by eating can result in unwanted pounds, which right. can lead to the high blood pressure, can lead to diabetes, which can lead to some cancers. So, yes, I'm aware that some women don't even know how to cook. I had a client that told me if she can't nuke it, she is not going to cook it. In other words, wow. she can't put it in the microwave, she is not going to cook it. Uh-huh. And wow. so <clears throat> I have to learn and look at the client that's sitting in my chair, find out where they're from, and say, okay, yes, you can have, you know, the processed foods, but let's look at some foods that are not high in salt, that's not high in fat, that's not high in sugar. As you mentioned earlier, they were putting things in food, like the salads, packaged salads, they were putting sulfites in it as a way of cleaning the, the salads. But for people that were asthmatic, it was harmful to them. Mm-hmm. Now they're not doing that anymore. So, again, we have to read, be aware of what's going on. Wow. Foods are processed. If we can buy those vegetables during the summer, or even kale and mustard greens are mainly August, September, and October, we can blanch them and put them in our freezer. Mm. You, you can know your cook stuff. them meat and then only again with meat because you're cooking it, you're decreasing that surface area so then it increases more bacteria. So you can take the chicken and divide it up and put it in the freezer, but again you don't want to hold it less than three months. Wow. What what I can see you with a TV show. What what steps can parents take to encourage healthy eating and in this technology age, which is only going to advance, it's becoming more and more technical. We used to be industrial before it used to be farming right? and industrial. Now it's technical, and we who knows what's coming next. But what can parents take to encourage healthy eating and regular exercise? It's so easy for a kid to not exercise today in their children. What, what, what steps can they take? Ooh, again, your questions are so dynamite because I used to work for the Women, Infants, and Children's Program, and we see the babies coming in infants, and then by six months you're supposed to double your weight, and by a year you triple your weight. But by six months, sometimes I see that baby coming almost 18 pounds, and you're like, oh, God, what are you doing? Because the mother's feeding the baby baby food earlier, and they're not eating baby food, they're feeding adult food, which is high in fat, high in salt and sugar. So what mm-hmm. your listeners can do, start out early. Saturday morning, get up early and as a family, walk before you eat. Walk, walk, walk. It's the best exercise, but advertising on TV is better than running. Anybody from 2 to 92 can walk. The hula hoop you can bring back, good exercises. Some of the hula hoops have little weights in them that the parents can use to help get back that abs in shape. Hula okay. hoop, hopscotch. These are basics, relay races. Basketball with your kids. You know, go to a park and do, you know, the chin-ups. These are basic exercises that you can do as a family quality time. Stay away from those fast food restaurants. That means getting you back in the kitchen. That means sitting down talking to your grandmother, who actually probably cooked, maybe not your mother. Because my grandmother cooked a heavier meal at lunchtime and with soup and sandwich. And and you didn't go back in the kitchen after 3 o'clock, seriously. You did not. Mm. You know, the desserts and everything was only on Sunday. It was not on the weekend. Yeah. My mother was in the kitchen in an hour and a half, and for me, 45 minutes. And I know the other generations even getting, what, 
smaller and smaller time. Right. And it makes you as a whole family got to introduce exercise. Just don't mm. put it on the kid. You as a family, find something that everybody likes. They do have gyms or, you know, some of these uh, like sports clubs that offer family membership. If that's too expensive, you got your community centers. Go to a park and there's plenty of walk paths that you can take that you can look at the flowers and identify the flowers, you know, have some fun. Make it fun and enjoyable, though. Volleyball, you can set up a net if you got a backyard. Badminton. There are so many different activities, but you're right. We're all with that technology, and the only thing that's moving yeah. is our thumb, which can lead to injuries because we're so looking down, you know, looking down wow. as opposed to getting up. And start focusing on a lot of sodas. I came to this East Coast here, this D.C. area, 8 o'clock in the morning, I'm on a bus going to work, and this mother hands this child this plastic bag, and guess what is it? Potato chips. Of course, the kid was eating the potatoes and they haven't got to the daycare yet. Yeah. So what do you say to the child? And then you look at the teeth, you know. Yeah. And it's like upset you were to scream at the parent. But I looked at her. She was young, and she probably didn't know how to cook. Right. So, yeah, you, oh, well, we got to get cooking back in schools as well mm. as starting gardens. There's um, a lot of gardens associated with the schools, you know. It has to be a family event, not just in the schools. And teach them how to eat right. Exercise has to be part of it. Definitely exercise. It's, it's so odd how, with as we advance with not just technology, but different things that we continue to create, they have their 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 certainly their benefits. But it's not like we should let everything we used to do go. And I, it, it seems like as we advance, we we let what we used to go do completely go, and then go with the new. Like people don't sit down and eat dinner as a family anymore, and just certain things we used to do that we right. just don't do right. anymore. We and do. it's like we it's, it's amazing. Some of the certainly the the technological ages advances are wonderful, but some of the things we used to do, I think it would be good to also continue to do them. I want to I want to talk to you again before I get to uh, fabulously fit. I want to talk about some of the services you offer your clients and your personal trainer work. But before that, I want to ask you this question. A lot of times if you're thin, you know, it's just assumed that you're healthy because you're physically thin. And the diet industry is huge. Weight Watchers, Nutrisystem, you name it. Not to mention the gyms that came out. Uh, um, I started noticing gyms really big in the 80s. They they were just everywhere. Oh, Everybody yeah, yeah. getting a gym membership. That said, Renee, why aren't we having more success We've got the Internet. We've got all this knowledge. We've got people like you who are out here doing this great work. And we've got the we've got the weight loss industry, the Weight Watchers, the Nutrisystem, the whatever other ones there are, the gym memberships, the books about dieting and exercise. With all of this, people spending millions on exercise equipment every year. Why aren't we having more success? Why are we getting heavier? I have to laugh because that's what a couple of my colleagues we all say. Because if you look at it, the availability of low fat, low salt, low sugar foods has increased, but yet so has our weight. And so, what is going on? The American Medical Society has failed the consumer. Manufacturing has concerned failed the consumer. But remember, when in, earlier in your discussion, you said we're no longer the what the industrial age. We mm-hmm. used to go to school. And all our seats were lined up so we can prepare to work in factories. You had actual research, recess. You get home, what you had to do? You had to wash your clothes. Some of my clothes I had to wash by yeah. hand. I'm when we use a washing machine. You washed curtains. That means you pulled down. You clean yeah. the house when the seasons change. So you did a lot of physical labor. We walked to school, but yes. no, no, no yes. way. Yep. No way. I don't care how far the school is. You walked yes. through. Okay, yep. you walked downtown to shop. It. Mm-hmm. You walked. Our games were relay races, kickball, yes. activities. Yes. We were constantly bicycling. And if we didn't have anything, yes. we made it up, but it was still a physical activity. Mm-hmm. Now, the industrial age has changed. We are more that technological. Yes. So, to your listeners, ask them to, say, to write down how many hours they find themselves sitting down. They get up in the morning, they eat. But then, do they eat? They're eating what? While they're driving to work or they're on a bus or train, they're sitting down. So if your commute is an hour, you're sitting down for an hour. Right? Yeah. Then you're going to hop into the job, 
And then that's what some people still are eating or put their breakfast in. And what they're doing, they're eating and they're sitting down yes. for eight hours. Oh, yeah. okay, excuse me. They get up and go to get lunch, but the lunch might be in the same building or it's around yeah. the block or better yet, why not call for a pizza or something? They're sitting down. Then mm-hmm. they got that hour commute, what? Going back home, right? Wow. So you're sitting down. So you come into the house, you pop something out of the freezer, you pop it into your mouth, you pop on the sofa and stop popping that wet remote control. Then you start pop, pop, popping out of your clothes. Because what happens? You come home and you're sitting down, right, for another yep. two or three hours. You're helping the kids with their homework. Or if, yes, you're taking the kids to their activities, but you're sitting down watching them. Right. You're not walking around the breaches. You're not walking wow. around the house. You're not walking around your car. You're not walking around where they're playing. You're busy watching them. You come home, you got to help them with their homework. You're sitting down. Next thing you know, you're preparing for work. Bam, you go to bed, you sleep, you're lying down. So wow. if you look at it, most of our activity is spent, what, sedentary, is sitting down or lying wow. down. Where are they most active? So, yes, this technology aid supposed to help us make it user-friendly and easier, but in the long run we have become victims of it because all we do is we're sitting or lying down. Wow, you bring up a very good point. My son was saying that, he was saying like when people are so much overweight, he said years ago, people were more active. You were out working on a farm or working in your yard. Right. But we have technology now where you just push a button and the machine does it. Right. And in a couple of years from now, everybody's going to have a robot in their house. They're not, we're not even going to wash our own dishes. <laughs> <laughs> a robot, like on, what was it, the Jetsons when I the was Jetsons, a kid. Right. They had the robot maid. We're going to have our maid, and we're going to tell her, go around the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> we sit down. Well, you're right, because isn't there some little round machine now that's a robot that you just let it go oh, in the vacuum God. for you? Everything and we're going to wonder why we gain it. Wait, we're going to scratch our heads and Right. Go, it's amazing. You bring up a very good point. And if we don't watch it, we're headed in that direction. So I say even as the new comes, it doesn't mean you have to discard the basics, hold, hold on to the basics. I want to ask you next, Renee, when did you become a certified personal trainer? And I can tell from talking to you, you know your stuff. Not only do you know your not only are you knowledgeable, but I can hear that you care. But when did you become a certified personal trainer and what was that process? Like is that is that the physical fitness, the exercising part? Yeah, I think it's funny if you ask that because first is all nutrition in Seattle, that's what I learned about nutrition. Then I went to Howard to become a registered dietitian. Uh, the first two two or three years was based to become a dietech, and they didn't know what to do with the uh, dietech. The dietitian thought we were taking their jobs. They didn't look at it as an adjunct to help them because they can't see all the patients in the hospital. If you had a dietech, you can take them to what we call the less chronic illness patients, and the dietitian can work the others. So when I came here to go to Howard University, I met a person in my class, and so I'm meeting these women in my class. She's a bodybuilder, and she mm. told me, if you want to be marketable to your client, you better add that exercise component, because that's why I see it. Uh, and so okay. I went to the YMCA and started learning all about personal training and became a personal trainer and add. I read all these Joe Wielder or Wilder books about mm-hmm, personal training mm-hmm. and exercise, and I really became fascinated, because now, remember, I didn't know anything about nutrition. I affect the body. Then I did. Then exercise came. Yeah, I was very active when I was young, but to learn how exercise can shape your body, how it can help you, and also build the bone mass as well as muscle mass. And ladies out there, don't think about you looking like a man because you got to have muscles to get up and walk. You got to have right. muscles to get up and run. A lot of women don't want to lift the weights unless there's a personal trainer. He's a man, and all of a sudden, oh yeah, yeah, I got a personal trainer kind of thing. But with exercise, it helps reduce your blood sugar levels, reduce your um, high blood cholesterol levels, and maintain your body weight. And so with exercise, I really enjoy the aerobics, the water aerobics. I was teaching seniors, and seniors need to develop more bone mass so they won't be what? Their bones won't become so brittle. So exercise and nutrition is the two keys to a healthier lifestyle. And then I met another woman who was teaching massage. Excuse me. So a lot of my clients weren't really listening to me because they were so stressed. And I said, what is going on? I'm trying Mm -hmm. to teach them about nutrition and fitness, but then I had to realize, was where on their plate, I had to get rid of that first to tell them to put actually the good things on their plate. 
And mm-hmm. that's when the stress management piece came in, the massage, ah. the reflexology, because sometimes you have to calm your patient down mm-hmm. let them see that the nutrition and fitness and the stress management piece all equates to a healthier temple. The body, mind, and spirit will be balanced. Wow. Now, can you tell us about some of the services that you offer? Can you give us the name of your business, the website, or if you have a brick-and-mortar business where that's located, if there's a phone number people can call, can you give us the services, where the business is located, how people can contact you, et cetera? They can contact me at Renee at Results by Renee. That's my main website, Renee at ResultsByRenee.com. The ReneeWiggins.org is the author website. Okay. So it's ResultsByRenee.com, ResultsByRenee.com. Because, again, like you said, I have so many different – I'm a health and wellness coach. I'm a registered dietitian, personal trainer, a massage therapist. I do reflexology on the seat as well. And so those are my services that offer nutrition, diet analysis, uh, fitness training, and massage. Right now, to be honest, I had to put the massage on hold because rotator cuff problem. But I could do reflexology. See, I know my body, so I know when to pull back and know when to go mm-hmm. forward. The stress management piece, I'm a stress release coach. So then okay. I teach people by phone or one-to-one, on face-to-face, about how to reduce stress in their lives. And that's a, that's key, especially as we get older and our lives get more and more fuller. And, again, that's results at results by Renee. Dot, dot com, com uh, to our listeners, and she's offering right now the nutrition, the fitness training, the reflexology, the stress stress management. She's a certified personal trainer and a registered dietitian, which she's had uh, professional training for both. I want to talk next about your book. I want to talk about two of your books. But what inspired you to write Being Fabulously Fit for God? Mm. For church, I had to give a, a talk, and it was being fabulously fit for inside and out, not only about eating and exercising, but it's by living by God's Word. And the more and more I did that research, the more and more it came to me, another little spiritual marker, that this body that he gave us, this temple, we have to learn to eat right, exercise, but also live by his Word. George Myers mentioned where the mind goes, guess what, what you said earlier, the body goes. If yeah. you're not healthy in mind, and you've been depressed, then you're not going to worry about your body. You're not going to worry about eating. You just let everything go. Mm-hmm. When you're more up-spirited and exercise gives you more confidence, then you start taking care of everything, the total body, mind, and spirit. You're more able to conquer. You have more confidence. You go into work feeling you can just conquer the world. And that what made me led to this book to let everybody know that the physical and spiritual go hand in hand. Yeah. Not only you got to flex your physical muscles, but you got to flex your spiritual muscles as well. Mm-hmm. So in the fitness world, we have this thing called FIT, F-I-T. F means the frequency, the amount of times you exercise per week. I is the intensity. T is the type of exercise. And T, again, is the time amount, like 30 minutes per day for about five days, 150 minutes. In the spiritual world, the S stands for faith. The I means the interrelational, interpersonal relationship you have with God. T means the time you spent with God, and the other T, since you spent time with God, then you were able to trust God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that wow. I took hand in hand right there. So I told everybody to know your food label. If you know your food label, you know where it says percent daily value or percent daily intake, i give you an example of sodium. If it's 5% and below, you buy it. If it's 20% or higher, it stays on the shelf. So ah. if your sodium is 500, 600 milligrams for a can of soup and read the label is one cup, not the whole can, but one cup, then it needs to stay on the shelf. Mm. Well, a lot of people don't know their spiritual content. What's inside is them spiritually that people right. want to see that at least try to follow. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I think it's a, a good thing that that you cover the full gamut, you know. And it's not it's, it's fine to focus on one area as long as a person knows they got to get all areas covered. Because if you walk into a lot of churches, you'll see that people have the uh, 
the spirit part that they really work on, but they don't do the the physical part. You can just look at people and see they don't they don't do really much of anything with the physical part, and that it all connects. Or, or or maybe somebody's not doing nothing about their stress in their life. They're in bad relationships, and they think they should stay in them, and they're, they're doing the, the spiritual, religious part, but they're not taking care of that. It all works together. Can you, can you tell us about some of the topics that you cover in being fabulously fit for God? Oh, I always want to start off with the basics about the carbohydrates and proteins and fats. Because the carbohydrates is what gives you the energy. The fats give you energy, but we do need some fat, especially for women around the hips and around the breasts. We do need that because it acts as a barrier, especially when you get older, when you fall down. You don't want to be, like you said, too uh. super thin. So your body needs it. It's just that you don't want the protein, the muscle mass, to become your energy. A lot of people go on that very low, 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 or no carbohydrate. Yes, they're losing fat, but they're also losing muscle mass, and you don't want uh. them to do that. So my book is not focused on how to be thin. It's focused on about eating and exercise and living by God's word. You also want to seek help. You want to find an accountable partner, somebody you can trust that can help you go through the hurdles or obstacles. You don't want somebody that's not going to be trustworthy, that don't really care about you. But first and utmost, you want to talk about God. That is your most accountable partner because mm-hmm. you want to treat this temple that he gave you with respect and with honor. You don't want to just, you know, like you said, you may be spiritually fit or you think you are, but when you have gone through a lot of aches and pains and you focus on those aches and pains, those aches and pains become your God, the worrying becomes your God, and not you focusing on God. Mm. That will block you mentally. If you're depressed, and, you know, depression is really, you know, get you in that pit, but we got to focus on the Word. you still got to exercise to get you out of that pit as one pastor said, out of the pit into the pulpit. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, when they're depressed, they got stories, and then they can go to the pulpit, you hear me, to be mm-hmm. able to help others. So I was when I was writing this, I had one chapter, because somebody called me and said, oh, well, this is going to be my last supper before I see you. And we know all about the last supper with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, maybe I need to do a chapter on the last supper. And in the last supper I have... Where P is like for partying, but now when they go through the forty day journey, that P for party becomes praying, and then ah. I have something for um, with fast foods and dining out. That could be somebody's Judas, the betrayer, mm. because what happens is you allow the fast food prevent you from growing spiritually and physically. Mm. As Judas wow. was trying to uh, put down Jesus, and like Peter right. was denying. And mm-hmm. then I have water. Well, you got to have physical water for the body, but you also got to have spiritual water for the right. spiritual side. Wow, yeah, water is key. The most simple, simple, simple. Back to the basics. Back to the, the basics. You can't, to, no matter how much you advance, don't leave those basics. Right, right. <laughs> you need the those basics. basics. You need water. You need air. You can't give this stuff up. The basics, no matter what you do, you still need the basics. What happens, you talked about the 40-day. What happens during that 40-day transformation that you talk about in your book? What what happens during that period? It happens they get an increased awareness of how they're not eating right. So I'm teaching about portion control. If everybody, your listeners, look at that thumb, when your thumb bends over that first digit, that equals to a tablespoon of salad dressing. If they look at that pinky where it bends at, there's a teaspoon of mayo or butter. So they're learning portion control. They're learning mm. how to dine out the choices they can make because the choices can see you going up or they can see you going down. They learn about seeking and getting that accountability partner. I also talk about stress management is an important key link and key. I also have this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones, Proverbs 3.8. So if you're learning the word as well, and focus on what you eat, it's going to bring nourishment to your body, mind, and spirit. You want to take in the good things. So they're going through a transformation of learning how to season the food, getting rid of salt, how to eat during holiday times, when they travel, or even at a party. Mm. A lot of times you don't want to insult the cook. So what I tell right. the people, if you're going to three more houses around Thanksgiving during holiday, maybe Uncle Ed's house, 
you have the mashed potatoes and the meat. Ah. On Sarah's house, you maybe just want to focus on the salad and, and ah, the okay. Then at uh, Diane's house, then you can have your cake. So you're spreading your meal over ah. three houses, but you've still got to watch that portion sizes. Okay. And that is the key. You're not insulting the cook, and you're not going anybody, oh, we don't want to invite her no more. I have a grocery list in there for them. I have some exercises as well. And, of course, as know your numbers for better health. It's knowing your, where your cholesterol and HDL stands. And then have a, something as well as know your spiritual fitness numbers as well. So, again, it's, it's knowing your numbers for the body, but then it's also know your numbers for spiritual fitness. And one of them is Romans twelve twelve, And be not conformed to this world, but ye yes. conformed by the renewing of your, again, your mind. That may be proved what is that is good and acceptable and perfect for the will of God, because he gave us this temple. And so when I was doing that little speech, I began to realize that we got the fruit of the Spirit, but we also got the, what, the basic fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. that we got to feed our bodies that contain plenty of antioxidants. So people got to think of their kitchen as a healing center. What they bring into the kitchen wow. the spirit, not only going to affect them, but future generations down the line. You remember that saying, the dark of the berry, the sweet of the juice? Yeah. But think of the dark of the bread, you know, the rye bread. And it got to be really dark. I mean, all the prune juice or grape juice, even it's sweeter. But think of those are more nutrient-dense. Yes, we said eat the white meat because of the less fat, but it's the dark meat that has the more nutrients, the iron that your body needs. Take mm. the skin off. So it's mainly of increasing awareness on how to eat and how to live, and how to, you know, pray more often and live by God's Word. Wow. I think it's awesome that you incorporate, again, so many prongs when it comes to health inside and out in your book, Being Fabulously Fit for God. I think that's phenomenal. There's so many questions I want to ask you. we got 13 minutes left, so I'm having to boogie a little bit. I wanted to so, ask you next. Um, I'm skipping over some questions. But I want to ask you next. When did you write Transformations Give Up the Struggle? Ooh, I wrote that in um, 2008. I started writing that. And it's a collection of positive affirmations because I was going through a period in my life, taking care of my mother, doing things at church, the new job. It was just all going hand in hand on me spiritually and physically. And I told my friends I want to write a book that can help transform somebody's mind to a more healthier lifestyle, to make people more positive. Because I was seeing a lot of clients that were just down in the dumps. Mm. So I wrote Transformation, Give Up the Stroke. is more of affirmations of teaching us to live a more positive life. You know, it's dealing with, I uh, have one that's called Knock Down the, the Obstacles Brick by Brick by Brick, you know. We got to do things like that. Is knock down those obstacles. Let them become more opportunities mm-hmm. more than obstacles. Let them become hurdles in your life that you can at least help you. And that's when I started writing uh, transformations. Give up the struggle. Wow. Now, at your official website, it says resisting change can make the obstacles, the hindrances, and the storms become even more unbearable. Why do you think? Why do we resist change? And I've heard people uh, who study the mind, they say that every human does it. Even if it's a good change, we can, we can. Uh, some people like who win the lottery, you think mm-hmm. that's a good thing, they come into a lot of money. But they say that, it, that adjustment is harder than you could ever imagine. Why do we resist change? Why do you think we resist change? We like that comfortability. We like where we're at now. We don't want to go through change. But change helps us to move forward in life, and sometimes we have to have a little push. So that little obstacle, that little hurdle that we're experiencing, we don't embrace it. We try to resist it. But the more you resist, the more it's there in your face. You have to learn to embrace that so you can go with it. It's like being in the water, you know, when they say go with the tide. When you start resisting and resisting, you get one more tired and more tired. Right, right. It's the same way in life. We have to learn to embrace change because that change is there probably for a reason. There's a lesson in that change. Mm -hmm. As they say, sometimes there's divine order and chaos. We just have to look for it. 
But when we don't look for it, when we resist, it becomes more of an obstacle, more of like your monster, your giant that you're trying to fight. Wow. What are some steps we can take? Because without change, we're not going to go forward. Then you're going to start feeling stuck, and that's a horrible feeling. When What are some steps that our listeners can take, each of us can take to start to, like you said, embrace change that's coming into your life? And it could lead to something wonderful, but what are some steps we can take to start to embrace it? Well, you know, they, we got to allow them to go through their anger and denial. Mm. But then after they go through their anger and denial, just take a step back and look at that you go, what you're going through. Look at it deeply and find out what the root of the problem is. Try to find a solution, a positive solution. Don't embrace it angrily all the time because that's part of it for a couple of weeks. Denial is a couple of weeks. But embrace Sit down, write at the advantages and disadvantages of what you've gone through at that moment. Mm. Maybe it could be your boss you're having a lot of trouble with. Or write down a letter to the boss of all the things you want to say, but don't send it to the boss. And we don't <laughs> want to put it in an email and accidentally send it. No, write it by hand, okay? Write yeah. it by hand. And what happens is you're releasing all that negative energy. You're letting mm. go. And you can go, you know, exhale it out. And then take a look at it. You don't like it for this. You don't like it for that. You don't like it. You don't like it. Then try to find out what do I like. He's helped me to learn better. What do you like? I am getting something out of this job. What do you like? I can turn around. Or let me give you an example. And I don't know if it's really, but that was a friend of mine. She told me to sit and wait in the car, but she got a stick shift. And she parked normally by this sign. And the guy comes over on his bicycle and stopped writing out a ticket. She comes up, and he said, I'm going to give you a ticket, blah, blah, this, and, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, that. Mm-hmm. And she put up her hand and said, this is only a paper. This is God. This is only a paper. I am not going to let this paper ruin my life, ruin my day. This is only a paper. There you Dear go. Lord, blah, 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 blah. I looked at it, and he put his head in one and looked at it, and it was a brother. So he said, and he said, you know, I have to give you this ticket, but... That doesn't mean I will show up at court. You have a good day. Wow. He went to court. He did not show up. <laughs> wow. So, you know, so you have to. Wow. Her reaction. Her reaction. Wow. Right. You, I, it, and then another thing I'll do it real quickly. I was at a restaurant. This lady came late. And, you know, we order our food. I was the first one to order. Everybody else ordered after me. They got their food. I didn't. Everybody ordered a drink, and I'm the first one to order a drink. And then she looked at me, what is wrong with you? I would say something. I mean, she was so negative. So I would tell her, and you know what I said to her? I said, I'm not here to fight. I'm enjoying my friends and everything. This is my day. I'm going to enjoy it. Well, when it came time to the bill, the lady said, I'm sorry. I was busy training. I know you ordered, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you don't have to pay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, my good. Oh, my goodness. I have heard other stories like that where where something happens and because you respond or to it differently right the outcome is for you is more fortunate and when we're in the middle of something it's hard to see that we get so into this self-protective mode mm-hmm. that we 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 get so defensive and I ain't going to let nobody hurt me and disrespect me yes, and blah, yes, blah 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 yes. that we can't see that our reaction could actually change somebody else's life. They could say because of the way you reacted to what I was doing to you, right. I literally cha- I had somebody tell me that once. Yeah. I literally changed my life because of the way you kept reacting to the meanness I was doing to you. It changed me. Yes. And so we don't know and or something good could you end up right. not having to pay the bill. You don't know what could come from it. Right. Somebody you were out eating with or watching you, you guys at that table might have had a situation they were dealing with. They saw the way you reacted. They reacted differently, and the whole thing cooled down, and you mm. would have never even known. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, we never know how we're being used. It's, right. it's just amazing. We never do know. Right. You have been awesome. i got to tell you, I've been doing this almost 10 years. You are just amazing. I wanted to ask you, do you offer workshops or seminars to complement your books and reinforce the lessons that you teach. I'm working on that. I'm working on that. I'm working on it, definitely. So they can let me know, and yes, I will offer, whoever wants to invite me, I will offer a workshop or a seminar. Okay, and I want to ask you next two quick questions with five minutes left. Uh, 
are there specific challenges? I had a hairdresser on who wrote a, wrote, a, wrote a book, and she said she just sees the same things come up when people talk to her. Are there any challenges that you hear people have that you keep seeing reappear in all different types of people's lives? You keep seeing these three or four things pop up over and over and over again. If so, could you share some of those challenges that you just keep seeing on the surface over and over and over? About... um my book, you mean? I no, about the people that you work with, the people you work with as a life coach, as a as a personal oh, trainer, and when yes. they share with you their challenges, their issues in their life, do you find that wow, these same three things keep coming up? Uh, it's early in the morning, you know. I'm really surprised that people get up and they're so angry in the morning. That's what I see repetitive life, you know, coming in territorial, like you said, over you sitting at my desk and taking time wow. to warm up. I grew up where you spoke to anybody on the street, even the bus driver, and I worked with some coworkers that told me they weren't taught that, so they didn't really talk to you until later afternoon or didn't speak to you, but yet they want things from you. So I see a lot of people that are angry in the morning. I wow. see women that put totally their health in the background, so busy taking care of everybody else mm. but themselves as an avoidance. They don't want to deal with their own issues. I oh. see that a lot. Ooh, that's um, powerful what you just said. I have to, I have to repeat that. Mm. Focusing on other people's issues so you don't have to deal with your own. Right. Because a lot of times we, we as women will say, well, I'm just very caring and loving. But mm-hmm. is that really what's going on? Right. Wow, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And mm. the other issue, too, my friend and I, coworkers, you can talk, talk, blue in the face about nutrition and exercise. But I've learned until that person is right about when making a change, no matter how much information you give them, no matter if you sit down and talk, and work, they are not going to change until something in life is going to spur them to change. Wow. And so wow. I just go with the flow. I just give out the information. It used to, I used to take it personally, but then I learned that... That's that person. I mean, I had people, women coming to me. I exercise. I was teaching this for years, and then all of a sudden, a man, personal trainer, come in life, and all of a sudden, they do three hundred return. <clears throat> so it's what makes them want to change, yeah. not necessarily wow. you, right? Wow, we, we so change a lot when of that. Wow, we change when we're ready. Oh my right. goodness. And I, my prayer is that we would just wake up and not have that loud an emergency uh, come into our life. That we'll do it when it's, it's easy, not let emergency come, and then we say, "Oh, now I've got to get it together." Right. Uh, that that would be my hope. We don't wait till the car crashes mm-hmm. or it just stops running, and then now we want to take it to the mechanic. But we get it the regular checkups along the way. That that would be the easier way. To live life, I would think um, you have been just absolutely amazing. Uh, and and I want to ask you as well. You seem to have a strong business acumen. Did you take business courses as well? Where did you get your business strength from? I did go to school for them, but there are a lot of women groups that offer business courses, either online or they would have workshops. And that's how I learned about business. Constantly reading. Networking with other people, uh, that is the main factor with me is networking. I had one friend that she would call me. we sit down and meet on a quarterly basis, and then we give out. At one time we were doing ten goals, then we realized we can't do all ten. We did five, and then we narrowed down to three. Mm-hmm. And because every time she would call me every week, every two weeks, I looked at the name and things, oh, God, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So she gave me a sense of keeping abreast and just reading, networking with other people, sharing with other people about your experiences and what things they can help you. That's if you know somebody else is an author or somebody else is in the same field, you sit down and have what we call meetings once a month and say, can you help me? Because they can see things on the outside that you don't see. Wow. And you both Quickly. go back and forth. It's masterminding. It's called masterminding. You 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 have shared so much. Oh my goodness! Can you quickly tell our listeners where they can get copies of your books? They can email me at Renee at resultsbyrenee.com. dot com. Renee at resultsbyrenee.com dot com because it's coming out end of April, beginning of May. It's Renee at resultsbyrenee.com. dot com, or they can go to the Results by Renee website and at least download three chapters so they can get a feel for the book. Okay, and that's so that's Renee. It's www.resultsbyrene.com. That's the main overall 
you know, because I got so many different umbrellas. <laughs> okay. Results by Renee.com. Results by Renee.com. Results by R E N E E R E N E E dot com. Results by Renee.com. We have just this has just this hour has blown. I had so many other questions. The shows always go by so fast. Yeah. You have shared from the start to the finish one awesome tip. I, I just can't, and I hope our listeners gobble this up and share it, pass it along to everybody they know. I don't know one person who couldn't be benefited by today's show, so don't just listen to it for yourself. To our listeners, please share it with other people. Not to not to get the viewers, the listeners up for for me, but to help other people. The tips and information that Renee shared. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, Renee. You too. Thank you, thank you. I enjoyed it. Good questions. And I certainly hope that you you fill in a hundred percent soon. And to our listeners, thank, thank you. you. And as I, as I always tell you, you are so incredibly awesome. You are you are just amazing. Even if you don't believe it, if you don't believe it, and you just not believing the truth, you are awesome. You are amazing. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. Please go by and support Renee Results by Renee dot com. And check out her books, be out in April or or May. Please go support Renee Wiggins. Her last name is W-I-G-G-I-N-S. And tell everybody, tune in off the shelf, Saturday mornings, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Bye for now. Renee, I'll shoot you an email. Thank you.